Welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. This is the podcast where Paul and I, my name is Tim Verkula, where Paul and I talk about the big stories of the week that have appeared on his website, Common Sense with Paul Jacob, which you can find at thisiscommonsense.org. You can also find Common Sense with Paul Jacob at This Is Common Sense on Facebook. And this podcast itself can be linked to on thisiscommonsense.org and basically everything you can find you possibly want except Facebook is at thisiscommonsense.org. Anyway, what are the big stories of the week? Well, we're going to go through them. So, Paul, what is the biggest story or where do you want to start at the very least? I actually wanted to mention that uh, we've we've talked a lot in you know, the last couple of weeks with Pelosi's visit to Taiwan and resulting military exercises and all the chatter. We've talked a lot about Taiwan and China, and there's a lot of information out there. I think a lot of, you know, trying to dispel some misconceptions uh, that somehow it's impossible to defend Taiwan from uh, from China and uh, may have something this coming week on a uh, story that came out where they've been doing some war games and found that it'd be pretty horrific, which of course that's true. Uh, if China, you know, bombs things and shoots missiles, it, it really is horrific. Uh, but that with U.S. help, the the war gamers said China could be stopped. Um, and uh, and that's that's important, I think, because so often. All we hear about is the huge Chinese military buildup, and we see it on the map as this big country, and Taiwan's a little island, and um, and the reality is it's not so easy to uh, to assault an island that's surrounded by water and uh, that's willing to defend itself and has help from people who uh, who have a lot of planes that are uh, pretty high tech and stuff like that. So. Anyway, what I wanted to mention was that on the weekends, of course, we have this podcast and uh, and it it allows us to go into a little bit more depth than we can in the uh, scripts. But I would for people who listen to the podcast um, sprinkle throughout these various scripts and the, and the, the podcast last week was entitled Warned saying that basically the Chinese have warned us to get the heck out of Asia or else. And we have to decide how to respond. But I just wanted to uh, urge people that are interested in this issue. Uh, there's there's some synergy with the podcast where we can talk about it a little bit more in depth. And the scripts where uh, you might think, well, I heard the podcast, but I urge you to go to some of the scripts because the links are how I've educated myself uh, to the degree that that's been accomplished, um, which is which is uh, very iffy, but you could you could iffy uh, educate yourself too. So anyway, uh, uh, because a lot of times in these scripts, especially when it's on a subject, you know, I've talked a lot about the draft and draft registration, something I've been involved in. Talk a lot about term limits and initiative and referendum because that's stuff I'm involved in. Have talked a lot about uh, Taiwan and and China and uh and galloping totalitarianism because that's something i'm really scared of and uh and so especially in those subjects we try to you know create uh you know put in as many links as we can 
to give people a, a foothold uh, to go look further. And uh, and so so there you have it. And our first script of the week was China leads the way, but in a little way, a little different way than I think most people would would think about it. It's a story of a writer in China who is apparently writing stuff that the state didn't like. And all of a sudden she thought she was almost through million words written poof. The state just zapped it from her computer. And uh, it's, it's interesting because it's so scary to think of a society where the government has that ability, that power, that authority in the sense that they're they're asserting the authority and there's no one to stop them and uh and that ability to just take somebody's thoughts and and snuff them out and uh i can't think about it and i suspect most of you listening and and you tim i mean <clears throat> how do we think about it without thinking about all the petty uh, and not so petty, but oftentimes just petty censorship that we're dealing with all the time from big tech, from Facebook and and YouTube and and so on. And um, you know, we we increasingly live in a world in which the government watches every move we make and increasingly is able to take actions to affect those affect our actions and our thoughts and our speech. And thank goodness we aren't as horrible as totalitarian China. But boy, it's not for the lack of trying of our our leaders. And uh, and so that's kind of that was that was the happy go lucky way that we started the week. Now, somewhere in that piece, there was some advice about offline backups, which is important. And we should probably mention that simply because it is a good bit of advice. And it's not just something for the Chinese because there are people who've used Google Docs who found their Google Docs to be destroyed or put off offline. Uh, they've lost access to their work. Their work. Right. And uh, I forget what, I mean, you wrote about this years ago and I don't remember what it was, but I, I just don't trust Google. And uh, really, I don't think any of these corporations like Apple, which I use Apple exclusively, and I use the, the cloud a lot, and I believe that it's quite possible for Apple to go in and erase everything I have on my computer, on my hard drive, because they have the access to it. I mean, it's not as if it's not, I mean, they, they say they don't, but I believe they do. So if you right. really have a, something you're working on that's big, I really suggest backing it up to something that's not online. So I have computers that are offline and back it up to them every now and then, because it's very, very dangerous to, uh, to just rely on cloud services or to be uh, beholden to Microsoft or Apple or Google, the big three in a sense in computing, uh, to keep your stuff. They offer these various services, but I don't think we can trust them going forward. And even then they could make a mistake. I mean, now if they if they obliterated all of our stuff, it'd be, you know, most of the times it'd be on purpose, but they could just make an error and uh, I know with Facebook, uh, my daughter had, they, there was some problem with the account and they like shut down the account and, uh, and she had all kinds of pictures 
that maybe she had somewhere else, but she didn't know where she had them specifically somewhere else. And all of a sudden they're gone. And I'm sure, I'm sure Facebook has access to them, but she doesn't. And I've got a lot of stuff on, on Facebook. Uh, I know that there have been uh, videos on YouTube that I've thought, oh, I should get a, I should make a copy of that video. Uh, there was one years ago that, that, uh, I thought, oh, I should do that. And then literally it seemed like two months later, the video's not there anymore. And uh, so it it is, it's good to have these and it's good to have them in some way that the outside world can't get to, like you say, that that's offline. It is worth noting that Facebook allows you to uh, download the contents of your Facebook account. So if you, it would be a good idea for people to get in the habit of once a year or something, just downloading everything. Have you actually done that? I've done it once. Was it hard? I mean, for people like me. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd get that far. That's the problem is that would you get that far into the process to do it? You have to go, you know, menu diving, but it's just menu diving and then clicking yeah. and then waiting for it to download. And it takes quite some time. Yeah. And yeah. I, I never looked at the archives. I never looked at the archives, so I don't know what the quality of the archive is. Right. But uh, so I don't know if I got pictures. I don't. Or I don't know what it is. I exact. I got exactly. That's unfortunate. Huh. But it's something we should do. Uh, since I do so much note taking and scribbling, and and it's it's a it's kind of nice to have my stuff somewhere besides Facebook. I've been very lucky. I've not had uh, my account stricken at any point. I've never been in Facebook jail. Many people I know. Most of the people I know. Um, I have, but I haven't. And I, and I think it's because I use words that confuse people, but I'm not sure. <laughs> because it really all, largely depends upon have you ticked somebody off that they report you. Yes, yes. But I, I'm relentlessly criticizing Democrats these days, so I'm surprised that no one's decided that I, I'm worth uh, attacking. You'll get there, Tim. You'll get there. Yeah, I feel I feel somehow <laughs> non non authenticated by uh, uh by Facebook, <laughs> by being treated as I should be treated and as everybody should be treated, like an adult. <laughs> yes. So far, I'm treated like an adult. They occasionally tell me that something is you know incorrect. Those annoying Facebook uh, notices, fact checks, and so it's, forth. Uh, Facebook has become so annoying that that. Uh... You know, just just because they have to post their own little, even if it, if even if it's not controversial in any way, they have to have their little button on there that people can get more correct information from the great Zuckerberg. It's uh, basically to protect Democrats and their policies. That's basically what it is. Basically, what it is, right? Well, that's uh, that's what that's what the Chinese censorship is: is to protect. Oh, they're not Democrats, but communists and their policies. I Democrat mean, communists these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, speaking of uh, not communism, but representative government, we uh, from time to time talk about some of the uh, uh, thoughts of the day every day at thisiscommonsense.org. We have some some uh, great American or not so great or, or non-American or somebody saying something that's uh, worth maybe thinking about. I like this one by Herbert Spencer. Who gets a bum rap uh, historically? Uh, brilliant guy and uh, very pro freedom, and kind of gets treated like he's you know survival of the fittest and and a vicious guy, uh, but uh, believed in freedom, and uh, I think that's kind of a pro people philosophy. But he said to the question, 
what is representative government good for? Our reply is, it is good, especially good, good above all others for doing the thing which a government should do. It is bad, especially bad, bad above all others for doing the things which a government should not do. That's a that's a quite a challenging statement. That's why I liked it. That's why I put that thing up there. I thought it was an interesting one. It makes you think. Yes, it does make you think, and uh, and it 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 makes you realize that there are certain things that you don't want your government to be good at. Um, and it's it's like uh, it, I don't know. I guess I'm obsessed with uh, with the uh, Asian uh, controversies and so on. But it it's. Uh, it's the sort of thing where, you know, the uh, from time to time we'll hear, well, you know, can Biden get better relations with China? And it's kind of like, I hope not. <laughs> you know, because that would mean somehow that you're selling out. Be, be careful what you wish for, I guess, is the underlying axiom. But um, but there are there are, uh, you know, if you want to command and control society you don't want representative government and um and if you want representative government uh you're you're just not going to have the command and control uh but interestingly enough you do have a level of buy-in that is i think superior to the command and control uh you know the, the the authoritarian society. You know orders maybe are are dealt with better. There's less resistance in some ways, but there's also not the enthusiasm in embracing the mission. Um, and I, I remember years ago thinking this was after Katrina, the hurricane, and what happened in New Orleans and everything. Thinking, you know, we've got all of this invested in FEMA for the federal government to run around with their clunky whatever, you know, places for people to stay when they're displaced. And um, and and yet they don't seem to be very effective. And and I know people I was thinking throughout Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, I grew up in Arkansas uh, and I wasn't one of these people. But there's a lot of people who can fix stuff and do stuff and know how to build a bridge or, or, you know, start a fire and create heat or do all kinds of things that would be helpful and are just the sort of good old boys who would like to, sometimes they're girls, but I'm going to call them good old boys. Cause that's the, that's the, uh, the rubric. Anyway, uh, there are a lot of these folks that could help out and, and, uh, in in a society like America, you get the benefit of the wisdom of crowds that you don't get in Russia, that you don't get in communist China. Yeah, the problem is that what if the, and I think what he's getting at here, and I'm not sure because it's been a while since I've read the whole passage, but I think one of the things he's getting at here is that representative government and getting the people involved, if the task is bad, they can buy into the bad task so that there's an element like like this whole COVID response. The mob was on the side of tyranny. Yes. 
Yes. So I think that's fear. The fear drove people to be drove people to want to get the vaccine for their four year old and boosters and and go insane and think that anyone who didn't, you know, my favorite was always flying on an airplane where you had had uh, uh, flight attendants who were so worried if you didn't get the mask right back on after you chewed some, you know, peanuts or whatever. And you're thinking, if if this is so serious, what the heck are you giving people Coke and peanuts and stuff for? It just was, and there was just that sort of insanity left and right. And, and you know, it, you could just see the terror. Well, you didn't talk about the uh, COVID this week, did you? You know, I don't think that we did. On Tuesday, we talked about uh, <laughs> another uh, virus. Yeah, a mind virus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, this was power theory and and uh, was just about uh, critical race theory and the usual, usual, uh, especially on this subject, where the left has played this game that uh well the, these folks don't really technically understand critical race theory it's just become an umbrella term and of course it has become something of an umbrella term that's what happens with words sometimes stick around you'll see it happen all the time and but it's an umbrella term for that does fit the critical race theory in the sense of making everything about race and um and it's just it it is so despised by people throughout virtually the entire political spectrum once they come to grips with it if it was just something that upset conservatives it would be going strong and it's not they're dodging and weaving and running from it and putting little uh, smoke bombs you know of oh no you don't understand critical race theory but it's uh, it is unfortunately critical race theory is on its way out because it's been identified. But teaching racist uh, ideas in the name of stopping racism, uh, we, we're not we're not through with that just yet. Yes, people should read that piece. It's a it's a. You make a number of points that we're not going to make here because there's probably not time. Uh, it's a complicated issue. Uh, I was just thinking that looking at this right now, I was thinking, you know, another term for CRT could be class race tyranny uh, because it's really a it's it's a class thing because they've basically said that that there's the power only goes one direction. It's a class theory like Marx had with oppressors and oppressed. And, and blacks can never oppress whites. Whites always have to oppress. And all whites oppress all blacks. I mean, this is the, the kind of thing they keep on yes. doing. And even if you don't mean to oppress, even if you don't do anything oppressive, you yourself, you're somehow are. That's one of the weird things about CRT is that there, there's that weird element of... And everything's total. Everything yeah. is... It's all whites are oppressive and all blacks are oppressed and all yeah. and and even if you don't mean to and yeah. and and we we go after that some in this piece in, in terms of pointing out which is a pretty simple thing but 
that power works in all kinds of different ways. People have different powers and different different authority at different levels and different influences. And it's to to act like it's it fits some little you know equation that some commie uh, political uh, science person put together is uh, is is silly. One of my favorite examples, by the way, of this, you know, people might be wondering, what is this power that, you know, somebody who's in a victimized class might have? Well, there was a study done a while back. I don't remember how long. Uh, they asked a number of people in, who are mainly black, I think. Would you be white if you'd also have to be fat and ugly? And almost none of them said yes. <laughs> because in, in America, and well, frankly, everywhere, being good looking goes a long way for success in life. People... I'd, like, I'd like to find out, but... Uh... <laughs> well, you know, when you're in the middle of ranks, it's... Uh, it's it's uh, you, you can see it, but you can't feel it, right? <laughs> Our Wednesday piece was Cannabis and Carry. And this is uh, some silliness uh, where the Biden administration is pushing that you shouldn't be able to get a concealed carry permit if you also use marijuana and or you have medical marijuana or have some other, you know, I guess it could be recreational marijuana. So the Florida Commissioner of Agriculture, uh, Nikki Freed, who's a Democrat. I should note that Nikki Freed, her last name is spelled as if fried, and so I'm kind of enjoying that right now. Our <laughs> department is not only responsible for concealed carry permits it's also responsible for some of florida's regulations regarding medical marijuana that's a strange combination <laughs> it is it is a strange combination but i have to i have to say she seems very sober in in being reasonable about the fact that um you know it's not as if they're going after people who drink or people who are taking other drugs uh uh, antidepressants or psychoactive drugs and in all kinds of different situations. And, uh, you know, it, it, I don't think anybody really objects to, you know, uh, laws that say you can't operate a car, you know, uh, uh, or maybe possess a gun while you're intoxicated on any drug, alcohol, uh, whatever. I mean, don't drink too many cups of coffee. You might be a little jittery. Uh, but but this is this is weird politics and it's just a way to go after guns. And it just seems like you know, it seems like there's a, enough trouble in, in politics generally is you wouldn't have to go so out of your way to find more. Now, the Thursday piece is the act that can't cut it. And I like the title when we decided on the title. Now, I'm not sure it explains anything. So maybe you should explain what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to blame the title on me, huh? Well, it's, uh, um, we're, we're talking about Donald Trump and, uh, and, and documents and so on. And of course, we've had the, uh, this week, the big story and one that, that, you know, we really have not been all over, uh, purposely is that, you know, he's he's had uh, the FBI has gone to Mar-a-Lago and seized documents and so on. And the the 
kind of allegations that aren't really allegations yet, but the scuttlebutt is that it's all because of the Presidential Records Act and that he's had documents. And and you've heard, if you've watched media this week, you've heard all kinds of things about, you know, that he'd rip up documents and then somebody would pick them up and put them back together or something. And he's violating the law. And of course, it's a, it's a little bit funny because the president can, has the power to, to uh, unclassify any document at any time. Uh, so it's not, you know, it, it's not as if he doesn't have some power to to just kind of overcome the act in that way. But one specific thing that we talked about here is uh, that there's been a lot of talk that this would somehow, if he was convicted, uh, that he would not be able to run again for president. And this particular act does indeed have that prohibition. The problem is, I think uh, Mark Elias, who's kind of the Democrats' uh, uh, top election attorney, uh, is is I think the the first one to to suggest that that was the case. And uh, then later, I think after he got beaten up a little bit on Twitter, not in real life, uh, but kind of came out and said, "Well, they'd have to litigate it," but it's pretty obvious that you don't have the ability by statute to say that someone can't run for president again when the qualifications for president are in the constitution. And uh, it's a little more complex than, than even in the script, but I, I noted that of course, in term limits, uh, the decision against the state imposed term limits was basically saying that those qualifications are written in the constitution and the states can't add new qualifications. Now, it's a little bit different in the sense that there are all kinds of, you have to do this to get on the ballot, and these were actually ballot access restrictions. And so they did actually fit, the the so-called term limits fit with other stuff that the court had allowed to be done. But but anyway, the uh, the, the bottom line here is the idea that this would stop Donald Trump from running for president in 2024, um, which I think would be a good thing because I think Republicans have a better shot uh, to elect someone if it's not Donald Trump. And uh, and I'd prefer that the Democrats not have another president uh, anytime soon. So, uh, but, but that's, I think, an interesting, uh, it, it seems like so much of it is tied to stopping him from running again and the way I look at this is like this. Any, any uh, effort to enforce the law against Donald Trump, just like against any other American, is absolutely legitimate. Salute you. You know, uh, there might be some laws that we'd all go, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's not enforce that one too much. But uh, but I'm all for, you know, Donald Trump doesn't get any special passes. Nobody does. You don't get them if you are the president. You don't get them if you used to be the president. You don't get them if you'd like to be the president. But at the same time, um, boy, they better have some they better have something that's not BS. And I'm a little bit afraid with your track record that they could come up with something that everyone's kind of going to go, really? You had, you didn't really tell us what was going on, but we had the FBI raid 
uh, Trump's private, uh, you know, house at uh, at Mar-a-Lago. We had all this this intrigue, and it don't have it turn out to just be crap, just be political put up. Um, but that that's kind of one of the fears. Uh, before we go to the last piece of the week, I do want to ask you a question. Were you aware that Donald Trump is suing Hillary Clinton for the Russiagate business? No. And and I saw your email and and uh, I thought, oh, that's uh, that that's awfully interesting. I didn't read it all. I just saw the beginning of it. And I was getting ready to, you know, we we're going to do this. So that is uh, then we might want to comment on that next week. And uh, some what well, the judge who signed the the uh, order for the FBI the the, the uh, search order he recused himself earlier in the in the case with Hillary Clinton. It's all very weird. I don't know what to make of it. I have, don't actually have an opinion on the subject. It's just that I thought it, it gets kind of convoluted. And I wasn't even aware that uh, Hillary Clinton was being sued by Donald Trump uh, for the Russiagate business. You're not saying this was just launched. This suit has been ongoing. Yeah, since February, I think. Jeez. Actually, March. And it's not gotten much attention. Well, I read the Washington Post, and they don't want me to know that. So Okay, very good. <laughs> well, there's one piece that I can't read online right now because it's going up tomorrow morning. Um, oh, we're ahead of the game, aren't we're we? We record on Thursday night instead of recording on Friday. So um, the piece, which I remember has a fairly interesting title, but Do not remember. remove this tag. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Okay. And this is, uh, it's about a uh, clothing place, uh, Lions Not Sheep. And um, they wanted, you know, they wanted people to feel great about their product. And unfortunately, their product had little tags that said made in China. And they thought, well, geez, people would feel so much better wearing this if it said made in America, made in USA. So they switched the tags and uh, gave us an opportunity to salute the FTC. When have we ever done that? Uh, Federal Trade Commission, because they fined them for this fraudulent activity. But it also says something about this world. One, it says there's a lot of fraudulent activity. But two, it says people don't like genocide. They don't like totalitarianism. They don't like repression. They don't like people arrested and imprisoned and beaten up and tortured and killed for no reason. Funny, funny, but that seems to be, it's it's a growing phenomena. And, uh, and, and so I suggest at the end of this piece that maybe this isn't the appropriate way to address this, uh, this public sentiment. Maybe it'd be better to actually make the product in the USA. Then you get the, the tag and it'd be legit. Well, this podcast is made in the USA right here across the country. It's a, it's a, it's a, a cross state activity. And, Almost coast to coast. I'll yeah. be on. I'll be on the Chesapeake Bay this weekend. So we'll be so you know we'll be within seventy-two stone throws of uh, coast to coast. Well, 
for symmetry's sake, I'll go to the beach and I'll put my feet in the water. <laughs> Pacific Ocean, here I come. All right. <laughs> I thought it was a big deal the first time I got to see the Pacific. When was that? It was 82, I think it was. 82, maybe March or April. Uh, and I remember the first time I got to stick my toe in the Pacific was in Santa Barbara, California. Very pretty place. I was 10 years old before I got to see the Atlantic. So I, I got to see that earlier. And the Pacific, of course, I've always had a... I've always had a an intimate relationship with the Pacific Ocean and its beaches. So, you know, is, I like uh, I like it. <laughs> I did. I like it too. And I, but it was I was at that time twenty years old. So it, it was. It took a long time to get the to the Pacific, and uh, I I was on a, a Zoom call maybe two months ago with someone who, in their background, had a map where the Pacific Ocean was in the middle. And the Asia and North America and stuff were around it. And I thought, oh, a Pacific-centered uh, map. And I mentioned something, and, and she really liked that I noticed that. But it is, uh, it's another way, you know, it's another view of the globe. And uh, and it's I huge. remember, <laughs> yes, when I got to Pacific, it was like, you know, I, I always think when I think of the Atlantic Ocean, I've always kind of wanted to take a boat across and see what, you know, my ancestors did. But it's like you get to the Pacific, you're like, I don't think I want to take a boat across that. That is big. And uh, anyway, I would like to get out and take a boat on the Pacific, but that's a, that's a, a big ocean to cross. Hmm. I wonder what flat earthers do with their maps. <laughs> you know, I've seen flat earth maps, but the Pacific's not in the center of their maps. I don't, I don't understand flat earth. What anyway, Pacific? What are you talking about? The mythic, the mythic you want Pacific. that? You want that line about a Pacific Ocean? <laughs> okay, well, that's been another episode. Well, I thank you much, sir. I'll talk to you later. All right. <laughs>